All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Ah, 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 that, that's first place in the division, just out of reach. Just out of reach after an OT loss to the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday. Let's get into it with the lead. <sighs> Did you like that? Ah, 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 ah. I you were choking. Yeah. I was about to administer the Heimlich on wasn't, it. It wasn't the greatest execution, but sometimes when the countdown gets to like three and I'm like, oh boy, I don't know what I'm going to say. You just, you never know. It's a wild card. I don't really was, script those You spoke from down. the heart there. I really did. Um, first place in the division, yeah. Might not be up for grabs anymore for the Oilers as they lose on Saturday night to the Vegas Golden Knights. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day, live from the Sports Closet Studio. I saw, unrelated to hockey, that they got the new NFL hats for the upcoming season, like the new line of them. I think it's maybe the draft hats as well. Um, they look very, very sharp. So you can find those on their Instagram, sports underscore closet is a great follow as well. Three locations in the Edmonton area. It is a short for giant game day edition of Oilers Nation every day, but we also do have a hockey game from Saturday mm. to break down. And it was an intense one. I like Saturday felt, and there have been intense games throughout the year. I think about like the win over Tampa that felt like such a big game when emotions were really high, but that game against Vegas really felt like the start of playoff hockey season, not like literally playoff hockey, but it felt like the intensity was at the level of a playoff game. Am I, am I wrong in thinking that? Yeah, I, I, I definitely felt it. I, I also felt like I was playing playoff mode. Yeah. I was feeling the nerves cause I was ah, 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 trying to <laughs> manifest us to get to first. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I felt it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a big one. I think everyone 
kind of had this one circled on the calendar for a while and you will just come off a couple of opponents that were pretty irrelevant to what the standings yeah. all about and you get a big game in and everyone knew the others needed to win and at least they got a point which is better than nothing I suppose <sighs> yeah I mean I guess I think you needed a regulation win to really give yourself a decent shot at winning the division so once it got to overtime it was kind of just like ah damn like probably not going to catch them anyways I'm still of the belief regardless of the results on Saturday that I would rather play the Vegas Golden Knights than the LA Kings because they're just looking like an absolute wagon right now. So in that sense, you would have liked to get the two points, push Vegas down to one point, and that gap between them and LA would get a little bit smaller. So there's still a lot to play for down the stretch here. No one's saying there isn't. I'm not saying they're going to start resting players or anything crazy, but that was a disappointing result. And I think it it takes a little bit of the juice out of that matchup coming tomorrow in Vegas because it's like, man, even if you win that, you're still five points back of them. It's such a big climb. Like, yeah, but you're there. now playing. You probably it's a it's a different race now. It is. It's not about getting first. It's about having LA finish first. Yeah, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. You, we don't want to play LA in the first round. I'd rather play. I, Vegas. I, I like how we match up against Vegas, so we need to go and beat Vegas. So LA has a better chance to get ahead of them. Rusty, the reckless optimist got the first comment of the day in on the freshly rebranded Oilers nation YouTube. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, do us a solid hammer that bad boy, hit the like button as well. Rusty says, let's go boys. Every game from here on out is a big game. Let's finish the season on a nine game winning streak. Also, he throws in a nice emphatic join the discord. Um, Yeah. I mean, Every game is still big. You want to be peaking at the right time and playing your best hockey, but it's starting to maybe get to the point where the Oilers are locking themselves in to that third spot in the division. We'll have a bit more on that in the playoff race as we work our way through the show today. But let's get into our three big things from that game on Saturday, which is brought to you by our friends at Betway 19 Plus. Please play responsibly. Number one on the three big things, we're going to take a look at the OT winner. Evander Kane, um, he was the scapegoat, if you want to call him that. Yeah, it, it it's not a good look. You're out there in three-on-three OT. You need to be playing with a bit more intensity than that. And I know sometimes you don't want to be scrambling and overcommitting, but there is just no reason in a big game to have this kind of an effort and this poor of a read. Like even there, that's just laziness to not have your head on a swivel and see where your guy's going. I'll even give a little bit of crap to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who I think was one stride away from potentially getting a stick lift in there and making a play as well. But it's a bad look when you're Evander Kane and your guy is picking up his own rebound and you are pretty much behind the goal line for the entire play. Uh, yeah, I mean, you watch it and it doesn't look good. I think one thing to consider is it was a very long shift for them. I think they were all almost touching two minutes, but you would like to see a bit more of an effort, especially when a guy is stood in front of your net like that, just wide open. There was no urgency. Like when the guy was in front of the net with the puck, like from they're, 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 they're right there. Like he just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. he could have maybe, oh, yeah, that's, it's annoying because yeah. Jack Eichel got the assist and Jack looks like the hero. I think it's annoying because they lost the game. I, don't, I didn't even know Jack Eichel got the apple on that. I was just really, really did. mad at the play in general. Like it was just standing around, not playing guys hard enough. That's, that's going Johnny Goudreau right there. It 100% is. Like that's what that play reminded me of off the half wall. So um, not good enough for the Oilers. And you would have liked to see them finish that game up, off in overtime. They had some looks 
as well in OT. Like McDavid had one mm. where he drove wide. Nurse was a stride away from being the first guy in on the rebound there. Like a ton of looks, but Evander Kane kind of wore or took the brunt of the criticism after. I think it's fair. I mean, he had the hat trick against Seattle. Other than that, this last stretch hasn't been good. Patrick tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's great because, you know, he always scores the hat trick every eight and a half games or whatever, but he was in Jay Woodcroft's doghouse for a game. He's maybe not getting the gravy minutes that he's used to. I don't know. I just, I wonder if he's maybe slipping a little bit. Wasn't he sad against San Jose, maybe? Yeah. He was minus three against San Jose. And And then there was a game where he got sat in the third period. Like, yeah. They need him rolling. Like that is a guy who is a menace in the playoffs, who gets under the other team's skin, who scored a ton of big goals last year. You think about the hat trick against the Calgary Flames. He was almost a goal a game in the postseason, but we're not seeing that Evander Kane right now. And my worry, my concern is, is this just a slump or is this Evander Kane getting comfortable? Because that's a thing we've seen with the guy. And I, I, I don't think we're maybe at the point yet where the conversation's warranted, but it, I think it's in the back of everyone's minds that, man, this is a guy who, when he got comfortable in Buffalo and Winnipeg and San Jose, we saw the way things kind of went. And right now, the effort isn't there consistently the same way it was last season. Maybe the injuries are a part of it. Maybe he's just getting his feet out from on, or feet under him because he's missed 50 games this season, but or 30, 40 games, whatever it is. Are you worried he's getting comfortable or is this just a little blip? Uh, I'm going to be positive here and I'm going to say it's a blip. Okay. I feel like the playoffs are going to wake up Evander. They better. It it did cross my mind as well to think like, ah, is this what everyone's kind of spoke about in the past? And now it's here, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt too. I think it's just a guy who on that shift in particular was maybe out there for a long time. Just exhaustion maybe took over a little bit and, but you would like to see more consistent performances. Like he wasn't very good against San Jose. He showed much more of a better effort against Arizona, I thought, on the Wednesday yeah. night game. But we need to see more from him. He's supposed to be one of our top six players in that forward group, and we just haven't really seen it on a consistent basis this last little run. So he's got to he's got to find a way, even if it's just being more physical. I think I'd take that at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyle the Embalmer, he didn't even make a play to try and stop him. Uh, Rusty says, could have given an effort, but they all had concrete legs at that point. Um, Steven said Kane was on the ice for about 105 seconds at that point. I mean, yeah, sure. But like, again, it's three on three OT. He was just floating for kind of 10 seconds. Like you, you need to dig deep and, and try to make a desperation play there at some point. Lunge at the yeah. guy, dive at him, do that's, something. Don't go behind the net, I think is the problem. That's the worst part. It's not even the fact of like, you were like getting there slowly. It's the fact of like, when you got there, you got out of the way. Just yeah. dive in front, throw, throw your arms at him. Try Slide and push in there. That's what other teams would do. If it yeah. was Leon Drysaddle in front of the net, do they'd something. lunge at him. Take the penalty if you have to, like just take the chance on that. But yeah, what, what you did was the worst thing you could have done. <laughs> That's a very damning statement. <laughs> our, our friend Carrie in the chat. If Saturday is symbolic of the game they are bringing in brackets built for the playoffs, shine up the sod wrenches. That's the line from Carrie. Our, our boy, Carrie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well said, Gary. Uh, Eric says, I mean, the dude's going through it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think the off-ice stuff is lingering at all for Vander Kane. That's been kind of pushed aside for the last six, seven weeks. I, no, I'm not taking that at all. Uh, Flute says Skinner needs to channel his inner rhymer on that one, saying just wrap him up the way he did. That's news. true. Yeah, just go, go for the him. big just bear hug. Play him like a linebacker and just try to grab him. Uh, I liked what Christopher said. Should have stick tapped. 
Yeah. Oh man. I mean, was that this show? I think it was this show and yeah, ONR where I was day. complaining about, have you noticed him doing that? Evander Kane? He does the stick tap when he's oh, behind a guy yeah. back checking <laughs> instead of just like taking a step and like trying to catch up to him. He bangs his stick on the ice. He'll be out there for the last bit of a penalty kill banging his stick on the ice. It's like, dude, no one's really falling for that anymore. Like, it dude. does happen though. Once when in it a does, blue moon, man, does that guy look silly. Uh, <laughs> uh, my second big thing, we're going to flip the script and go to the positives. All right. That hockey game, Leon Dreisaitl has looked really damn good as of late. And this goal from McDavid to Leon is, I love when they do this. We usually get only one or two of them a year. But that is an absolute thing of beauty with uh, the McDavid feed and Dreisaitl facing the wrong way. And bang, bang, quickly spin it in. It's borderline an unstoppable shot. Because he's picking it up at an angle where if you're the goalie, one, you barely have any time to react. And two, he's hiding the angle basically the whole way. So the release was nasty. Drysettle gets on the board, which in his last five games, Liam, he has one goal. But yeah. the production has been unbelievable. And I even think away from the production, he's looking like vintage Leon Drysettle. He's shooting the puck more. He's up to 14 shots in his last three games. He's driving the net with a little bit more purpose. He's starting to look like beast mode drive yeah he's just that's the thing he's, he's regenerating right yeah. now he's you know you know he knows playoffs is close beast mode needs to be engaged so we're just starting to see it kind of start powering up here a little bit i think that goal too like something special was needed to beat lb at that time i thought he was it's making a ton of big saves so yeah it was, lb revenge game the minute we were talking about <laughs> quick 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 quick, oh, quick, quick yeah yeah, son of a gun. Yeah, we, didn't talk quick, about, we, we didn't talk about LB at all on the pregame show. No, we hadn't no, heard anything about him. It. it was it was misinformation. Yeah. The pregame show of Saturday was fake news. <laughs> um, but anyways, throw that one to out. Leon. Like he's distributing the puck at an insane level. Eleven assists in his last five games. Yeah, the one goal, whatever. Like even if we didn't have the numbers up right now. I look back at this last five stretch and I see a guy who's really starting to find his game. A guy that was whatever, two points per game in the playoffs last season and was on one leg. If Leon Dreisettle is healthy and fully tapped in to his A plus game, this dude is going to be nearly impossible to stop in the playoffs. It's coming. Yeah, I I agree. Like we saw him in 2017. uh, It was his coming out party in that playoff run. Right. And then we saw him last year, just put up insane numbers on one leg, but we haven't seen the fully formed superstar level of Leon Dreisaitl at 100% health in a, in a Con Smythe, Leon Dreisaitl? I honestly think that that he's got that in him. 100%. He showed it last year. And again, he did it on one leg. Like, it's so dumb to think about that. I have two perfectly functioning legs, and I struggled to get out of bed in the morning. That guy ripped apart the LA Kings and the Calgary Flames on one leg last year. If he is healthy and at this level in the playoffs, look out. Whoever the Oilers play against should be shaking in their boots with this level of play from Drysaddle. He's on an eight-game point streak at the moment. Mm -hmm. And since the Ottawa Senators game on February 11th, he's only on one game without getting a point, which was against Buffalo when they won 3-2. I think it was 3-2. He's kind of been nuts for a while. But he's definitely hitting a bigger stride at the moment, which is crazy. Is he going to get 50? What's he at now? 45? Yeah, I think he'll get 50. That'd be nice. 
This feels right when Leon gets fifty. Although he is on a he is on a bit of a goal scoring skid, like one of his last five. Yeah, but he's a point machine. Yeah, so you'd imagine he. I think he'll get it. New career high in points for Leon Drysital as well. Uh, Maynard says Mikey Anderson will give it his best shot in terms of trying to shut down Leon Drysital, and I'm sure Mickey will. Um, Tyler Mulek, he started to move really well too. He's looking fast, and that was kind of what I what I was getting at too. Is like it's not just the production. He's not just the power play merchant that some other fan bases like to call him like he's legitimately moving he's moving and he's looking like an impact stud right now in the reality with those high ankle sprains like they take time and they linger and they're easy to tweak so you know this just could be like what a real healthy leon looks like and it's exciting uh this is a guy who when i talked to him at the nhl all-star game said he hadn't liked his game so far throughout the season hasn't felt like or he hadn't felt like at that point there had been a stretch where he was playing his best consistently and I mean he's got 112 points in 71 games if a guy does that and is sitting there going boy I need to be better for the Stanley Cup playoffs again uh, Pacific Division look out because Leon Dreisaitl appears to have found his game Uh, the third way I wanted to go for our three big things Stuart Skinner you know, there were maybe a couple in that game he would have wanted back shots from outer ranges and things like that. He ended the game with a 9-12 save percentage. Uh, yeah, 9-12 save percentage. The last little stretch has maybe not been the best for Stuart Skinner. You think well, the about, last goal isn't his fault. Sorry, the last game, it was an 882. Yeah, Our math is a little... That's from his first game against Vegas. Yeah. Um, he had an 882. He stopped 30 of 34, not 31 of 34. Um, but... Four goals against Vegas, three against Arizona, four against Seattle. He was good against Dallas, but before that, it was three against Ottawa as well. Any concern over Stuart Skinner? I, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm not worried about this guy at all because we've seen this year a stretch of games, and it was back in February, right around the Oscar game, and when he uh, when he wel- when him and his wife welcomed a child, he was rough for that stretch, but it wasn't like super ugly or anything like that. It was, not consistently giving up five. Everything was rough though with the team. It was a collective roughness, but we saw Stuart Skinner show that, Hey, he can bounce back from that. Like he can find his game in relatively short order. So right now I'm not sitting here being like, Oh boy, is Skinner going to be okay for the playoffs? What's going on? I'm actually pretty confident. This is just a little bit of a blip and he's going to get right back to the level we've seen for long stretches this year. My concern level one to 10 is a three and a half. What's yours? Wow. Three and a half. You really thought that through. Because I got it, five is too high. Like I'm not even there. Yeah. One, I mean, I'd be lying if I said it was a one or a two, just because again, he needs to be the guy for them. So the concern's like it's there, but it's not like legitimate. Like I'm not ringing sound an alarm bell. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not too concerned either. I just want to make sure that like he feels good and feels rested and energized for the playoffs. So whatever we need to do between now and then, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm not really concerned about it. I mean, maybe his last game wasn't effect but I think there were some mistakes in front of him the Arizona game we've addressed that one he didn't face a ton of shots and the ones that went in were very high danger one of them mm-hmm. was literally tapped in on the line Seattle I can't even comment because I don't really remember what happened to be honest <laughs> and then uh, there was the Dallas game where he had 962 which is only four starts ago for him so yeah Stu's our guy and I trust in my what did you what was the rating you had three and, my, and a half mine would be one Oh, wow. All the way down to one. Not concerned about him at all. 
Fair. Blake McBeth goalie allows two regulation goals, no complaints. Yeah, I mean three, but um, Skinner's blip is better than Campbell's top play from Flute, and I mean, yeah, probably. Um, that's why, again, the concern is not there. Uh, Wise Kyle says, Jay, why, where's that energy for Jack Campbell? Goals are not all his fault either. Um, I mean, Jack Campbell's I mean, reputation, I'm not, uh, unfortunately. Do I have to answer this? No, we, I don't even really think we need to. Um, he stars tonight, though. Well, good. I'm, and I'm cheering for him. I yeah. hope. I hope he has a good game. We need yeah. we need we need Jack to be good, regardless if he's uh, our backup or a starter. I I still believe in Jack, just a little bit. He's still when he's in there for this season. I like. I don't believe. I, ru- star, I root like, for him. Yeah. I root for him. I I every game I go in and say, hey, maybe this is the game where he like sorts yeah. out and gives us a good one. Yeah. But I'm with you. I can't say I'm confident. I, I, I'm never that like critical of him. Yeah. It's just Stuart Skinner's my guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's that is my stance. Every time I watch Campbell, I think maybe that's the save that turns it around. Maybe that's the save that gives him the confidence and then something else happens. And the thing is, though, is like he, in that San Jose game, he did make a big save in or the, two. In the third. So it's like, what? How does he get into that mode? Yeah. Yeah. Something needs to happen, though, unfortunately, I think, to get there. <laughs> and the worry. So the difference for me between Campbell and Skinner is when Skinner allows a goal, he doesn't look upset about it like he doesn't he doesn't look like oh no it's like oh damn like here we go again like, and you're you know, confident he's gonna bounce back not let it affect him and then when campbell allows one he's like looking to the sky looking at the puck in the back of the night just seems to really get in his head and i think that's the difference between the two of them at the moment but my my only observation well not only there's a bunch but one i want to focus on is like jack campbell is like the same height as Stuart skinner right maybe that's an inch weird. shorter yeah and yet he looks like Derek Pang in that <laughs> and Stuart Skinner looks like Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Isn't that weird? 
Uh, yeah, we pointed that out before. Like he but gets like, small. He plays on his heels. He his shoulder pads aren't big. I think one thing that Campbell's got to do this offseason, again, I'm no goaltending expert. Figure out the equipment, dude. Oh, like, like it is like all you see is net. Yeah. Figure out the equipment. I mean, this is a guy who you wish the goal you paid $25 million for would have came into the year with the proper gear. But we've seen him make a couple of changes with the equipment already this season. Figure it out in the summer, dude. That's like number one. Yeah. That needs just to live in your new gear for the summer. Yep. Let it become one. Uh, We'll, bigger. We will talk about the game against the Coyotes in just a second, but that's our look back at the loss to the Vegas Golden Knights with our three big things brought to you by Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Evander Kane, not good enough. Leon Dreisaitl getting really damn good. Stuart Skinner, are we worried? No, not at all. Um, fully expect him to be back in the crease tomorrow when the Oilers get their rematch against the Vegas Golden Knights. Shout out to Betway. Um, let's talk a little bit about some line combos because we had some different looks in the game against Vegas. And just reading now what the Oilers were lined up like at practice today, this is actually bang on what it is, courtesy of Daily Faceoff. McDavid with Kane and Yanmark. Okay, I have two ways I want to go here. McDavid, Kane, Yanmark, okay. Push that to the side. Drysaddle, Nuge, Hyman, okay. Bukestad, Yamamoto, Fogel. I really liked that trio. I thought they had a solid game. They played at five on five in that hockey game. Five minutes and six seconds together. Outscored the Golden Knights 1-0. Outshot them 4-1. Shot attempt 7-3. That is very good. 70% of the shot attempts in five minutes at five on five. I loved it. I thought they were buzzing. Fogel had a really good look in the second period. He almost cashed in on Yamamoto had a good look in the third. He almost cashed on. I like that trio. I want to keep them together. I don't want Matthias Janmark on the top line. I really don't want Matthias Janmark on the top line. Go 11 and seven, please let scratch shore, put Janmark down and run the five man unit in the top six. I know that's weird to say. That feels like something only Oilers fans would understand. But run the five-man unit, five-man cycle in the top six. Matthias Janmark can't keep up with Connor McDavid. I don't want to see him there. They weren't good together last game. Mm, what, were the, what were the stats last game together? They played 7-0-3 and got outshot 5-3. Shot attempts were decent 9-6. Or they were good 9-6. But I just, wow. I don't see it. Like, I don't know. I'd I'd rather have Clem Cost in there. I think the offensive upside is better with a guy like Clem. I wonder if Woodcroft was just playing in the revenge game factor with Jan Mark putting him on the top line. I doubt stats. it, but maybe. Oh, you never know. Vegas <laughs> did it with LB. Yeah. Jan uh, Mark, yeah. I don't know if I want to see him on the top line. I think I'm with you where he's just like, okay, just, just run the 11 and 7 at this point if that's what we're trying to do. But I do like having Yamamoto down on the third line, like you said. I think mm-hmm. he is, he's way more effective there. Although, in the top six, he's been pretty good too. I feel like you could just switch those two guys around as well. But yeah, I'm not overly concerned because the other day when Vander Kane was on the third line with Bukestad and who I think it was Fogel, he started the game with Hyman and McDavid. So who really knows what's going to happen? I know, it's going to move game. around. So like, am I offended? No. Fair. <laughs> you, are, you are passionally offended. Well, I mean, someone took got a personal passion. Uh, Riley, oh. Riley says, I like Yanmark, but he's becoming Woodcroft's Josh Archibald slash go-to guy that's inexplicably slotted in the top six mm. all the time. And I would hope that when the Oilers are 100% healthy, which basically just means Ryan McLeod is back, that this isn't the case. But it goes to show the depth on the right side just isn't really there. And I think part of the reason I don't like Yanmark either is because I, I just don't like the duo of Yanmark and Kane together. I want a buzzsaw with McDavid, someone who like yeah. four checks hard and has some speed. 
Kane doesn't have the speed. He'll lay a body check, but he's he's a bit of a diesel engine where he takes a little bit to really get going, right? Versus I think a guy like Hyman gets in there quick. Yamamoto gets in there quick. I don't see that with Kane. That means you're not forcing turnovers. You're not bringing both defensemen below the goal line as much, and you're not creating as much space up top for Connor McDavid when you have you know a puck dumped in and your winger's going to get it. I don't like the duo with McDavid is my only point. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a fair point. Like you got to get someone who's going to go get mm-hmm. the pucks for McDavid and, and get it. And that's what Hyman and Yamamoto both do. I the comment on Yamark and Archibald, I think I don't really agree with that one. To be honest, I think Yamark has the skill set to actually be a top six forward from time to time over an over an Archibald. Whereas like he's better than Archibald. Doing? I agree. Yeah, so Archibald I, and McDavid actually paired up hilariously nice because he forechecked hard and he yeah, had speed that's and, and and could finish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what Yamark does, but I honestly just don't see it finishing the game like that. No, anyway. no. It's just, it, yeah, and, and that's why I'm not concerned about it. Like, you know, okay. it's going to start like that, but it's going to be Connor playing on three different lines. Yeah. As we enter the Mullet Arena and probably have our hands full for some bizarre reason. The Mullet the Mullet's a, a tough place to be this season. Mullet, I know. That's, <laughs> uh, that's why I'm actually yeah. concerned. Yeah. You should be mildly concerned. Some people talking about, you know, Call up Dylan Holloway. He made his return to the lineup for the Bakersfield Condors. I think you got to give him some time to get up to speed. But the other issue is he's not a right winger, right? So that means you have to flip Kane Mm -hmm. over to the right side of that situation. But I wouldn't be against giving Dylan Holloway a top six look ahead of the playoffs. Woody trusted him in a playoff game last year. So, you know, for three minutes, (laughs) still light him over Derek Broussard. Yeah, fair. (laughs) That's true. I'm calling up Lavoie before I call up Holloway right now. I disagree with that, but he's a right winger, six foot four. I'd be honestly, it'd be Over interesting to see what you got there. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think they will call him up. Who do you send down? Robert? That's a thing. Like, you probably would sure. just send down Broberg or Shaw. But Shore, but he'd have to go through waivers again, wouldn't he? Yeah. Maybe. I think it's 90 days. I'm not worried about anyone claiming Devin Shore. Oh. No offense to Devin Shore, but like, no one's You're claiming really Devin Shore. Very critical. Oh. No, but like, is any playoff team going to be like, yeah, shit, let's do it. Let's grab him. Now. Yeah. Well, have you even seen him play uh, like as lately? He's well, let's, been great. Let's do an exercise. Which. Playoff teams have the number 19 available. Yeah, you're because. only bringing him in if you can wear 19. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would like to see Holloway get a look. Lavoie, I just feel like it's a little bit too late in the season to be doing that kind of an experiment. Like a guy who's never played an NHL game before. Like maybe you want to try catch lightning in the bottle. I just think they maybe have some better options. As lightning well. in a bottle. I don't go. get the reference. I'm just like chanting. Oh, you're like, just let's chanting. go. Like, it's your reference. I'm missing something. Tyler, was it you the other day who said the Arizona Coyotes have like a 620 win percentage at the mullet this season? Yeah, they're unbelievable. And that is like on the road this year, the Coyotes are 723 and nine. At home, they are 2011 and four. <laughs> Whatever it is about this <laughs> the mullet. The Arizona arena, flu. Scottsdale, baby. It's a trap. They're totally, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know about buying in, but. They're enjoying what they have there at Mullet Arena. And maybe it's the crowd being better. Maybe it's just because the other team is so wildly thrown off by the environment. I don't know what it is. But points percentage at home this season, the Arizona Coyotes are eighth in the NHL. And this isn't some sort of recent trend or anything like that either. Um, I mentioned how the Oilers have been one of the better home teams in the NHL since January 1st, since the calendar flipped. They're fourth in that span. The Yotes are second in points gained on home ice since January 1st and in points percentage, a little bit lower down there, about middle of the pack. But like they've been winning a ton of games on home ice. 
They're a pesky team. We just saw them last week. You so can't take them lightly. pesky. They do not want Bedard. They don't want him. No. They don't they, think they need him. But Bedard's going to Anaheim. The league is scripted the McTavish Bedard reunion. Okay. Yep. Carry on. No, if the league was actually <laughs> scripting something, it would be to the Yotes. True. True. Yeah. Get that new arena. But uh, right now they are 27th in the NHL in points. So I don't think they're uh, going to be moving up all that much. But at dailyfaceoff.com, we have our Bedard watch, which is updated every single day. Coming into tonight, the Yotes have a 7.5% chance of winning the lottery and the Connor Bedard spot. The team with the best shot, it is the San Jose Sharks, 25.5%. Columbus at 13.5%. Chicago at 11.5%. Then the Ducks at 9.5%. Liam have the fourth. For the chaos, I hope he goes to Columbus. Yeah, I, I, I mean, for the Oilers' sake, I want him out of the Pacific. From an entertainment sake or perspective, I want him in the Pacific, though. See what I mean? Oh, that would be something. McDavid... I call him Bedard. I just don't want the Sharks to suddenly be like, we got Bedard. We're going for it again. And like yeah. try to retool quickly on the fly and get competitive next year. Not that I think they can get to like cup contender level that quick. But if they're like, oh, we're going to get close to the playoffs again. That's bad news for the Oilers. You want them fully buying into a long rebuild. And step one of that would probably be probably be losing out on Bedard. You know, I don't think anyone has in their plans to lose out on Bedard. I know. I think this draft class is kind of nuts, to be honest. So even if a team loses, I don't think they're going to be that upset. There's so many good players. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Mulek says he wants him to go to the Canucks. Rusty says he wants him in the Eastern Conference. Maynard with a spicy one. Bedard, Matthews, and Keller in Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'd love nothing more than for Austin Matthews to go to the Coyotes. Uh, Kyle the Embalmer says Arizona has been promised him already. That's why they don't care how they're playing. No, I did. It was Arizona, part of their pitch to the city of Tempe to move yeah. the arena, to build the arena. Sorry. Um, they don't care about how they're playing because those players just want to win. Um, Gregor has a great line about it on the DFO rundown, but like they, they want to shove it to Bill Armstrong, their GM and say, yeah, you might want us to tank. You might want us to lose. We have zero interest in that. Players are never going to tank. No player in the NHL is going to go out there and be like, ah, you know what? If we just have a bad third period, we get a 3% better chance at Connor Bedard. No one thinks like that. Players don't tank GMs do. So I, I don't think the play on the ice is indicative of anything like that. You know, I'm with you. Uh, Guitar Maniac brought up a good point in the chat about Lavoie. He cannot be called up because he hasn't played for the others before the trade deadline. So up until the end of the regular season, you can only recall players have been on the roster apparently i, don't I think know. that's an american hockey league thing they have to be on the ahl roster to be eligible for ahl oh uh, yeah games at the deadline so they so lavoie can come up yeah you can come up so yeah, he can be a black players. ace no you can come up for the yeah. playoffs he said he could come up for the playoffs but not the regular season no you get three recalls know. three ah uh, so uh, who knows i don't know now Someone he, help. He, he can be up for the playoffs. Yes. He can be a black ace. He said he just couldn't come up for the re- regular season. He might be a black ace. I Who knows? He can. Jason Demers will be a black ace, I assume. You have guys come up for like the last couple of games of the regular season all the time when teams. Well, maybe they've us. already been called up. Who knows? Oh, yeah. They, well, well, they'll sign a college free agent and have. OP up. needs to help us out. He's the only one who I trust with this answer. <laughs> okay. So, original Hozar. Down, down with OPP. Yep. He, uh, he's got to help us out. Uh, tonight, the Arizona Coyotes. Let's take a look at how they're going to line up against the Edmonton Oilers, even though we saw them uh, not all that long ago. But yeah, they are the pesky Yotes. 
That top line still humming along pretty nicely. Barrett Hayden, Nick Schmaltz, and Clayton Keller, who we saw burn the Oilers. Cassian? Suspended? Uh, no, I think he's banged up or something. He didn't play last time against the Oilers. Um, Jack McBain, Lawson Krause, Matthias Michelli, who Michelli, scored. Oh my God. Michelli was a game. factor. He's good, man. They found wherever they found him from, they need to keep going there because he's Jeez. legit. Uh, Travis Boyd with Liam O'Brien and Christian Fisher, Milos Kellerman and Nathan Smith. Those are AI generated. They're actually not even real people. They're not players. They probably won't even be on the ice. I refuse to believe that either of those <laughs> players are NHLers. Uh, the D pairings, Yuso Valamaki with the Victor Soderstrom, Patrick Nemeth with the goal scorer, JJ Moser found the back of the net against the Oilers. Connor Mackey with our former friend, Michael Kesselring, a Yotes blue line that found a way to actually compete against the Oilers. And that really surprised me. This team's not a pushover. This team brought the abs to a shootout or overtime or whatever once again. Like, they're, they're fast and loose right now. Yep. All they do is pick up points and play one goal hockey games. Five, two, and three in their last 10. You can't take them lightly, lightly tonight. And that is why my key to victory, once again, just like it was last time against the Oats. I feel like the Oilers didn't do it, which is why I'm going back to the well. All four lines, all three pairings. On paper, you are better than this team. The difference is going to be work ethic. The Oilers need all four lines getting ready to work hard. All three D pairings cut out the little mistakes. Just work hard. If you outwork the Yotes, you will win. It's easier said than done. I get it because it's a bunch of dogs out there in the desert, but you need to outwork this team because you have a clear advantage in the skill department. That's my giant key to victory for our friends at Sherwood Ford. Mine is to become one with the mullet because the Coyotes have become one with the mullet and they are performing very well in that, in that building, in that situation. So do not let the mullet fool you become one with it. Row in the same direction and just bring the pace against the pesky coyotes. Mine is to score the first goal and not get the game to overtime. Yeah. That's that's it. They Man, we suck in overtime now. It's been like too much. on the season. Yeah. yeah. On the season. Like last week we were at two for three, which is good, mm-hmm. which is also crazy. On the season, the Oilers are they're zero and four in shootouts, which is yeah, brutal. Shoot, yeah, do not force yeah, do not take it to a shootout. Um, they've lost five games in OT this season, and they've won four games in OT or a shootout. So, I uh, I did a little research on Matthias Michelli. Okay, tell us. Drafted ninety eighth overall out of the USHL. What year? Oh. Two thousand and nineteen. The wow, Buke so Fighting well. Saints. Who did the Oilers pick? Two picks later, Blue Mel. Matthias Blumel? Matthias, Matthias Blumel. Offer who they didn't sign, who's now in Dallas and has played NHL games this year. Six games, one goal. Michele, 79 games, 47 points. All right. You tell me. Wow. <laughs> that was a steal by the Arizona Coyotes. Steal. Absolute steal. Nobody, uh, the only other player after him in the fourth round that played in the NHL was a guy called Nick Abruzes. You're killing it. You're also killing from it the, the USHL. <laughs> the USHL. I am names guy. The big, 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 <laughs> big names guy. Names guy. Okay. There's your draft report from Liam. There you go. Uh, Matthias Michelli. Matthias Michelli. The Italian that never was. He's Swedish, I think, isn't he? Finnish. Finnish. Yeah. Oh. Short Ford Giant Game Day brought to you by their Ford Mobile Service option, and they'll come to you. Got the little machine, the little van, and it cruises around. It comes right up to your place of work. Fix up whatever needs to be fixed. Boom, back on the road. And you're back on the road as well. 
and come in stealth mode like they never even showed up. It's the best. It is the best. Show it to our friends at Shored Ford. Find out more shortford.ca or got some info in the description of today's episode. Aaron, we're going to take a look at the AMA out-of-town scoreboard for tonight because there is one game that Oilers fans do actually care about. Shout out to our friends at AMA Travel. We're going out of town with the out of town scoreboard, but you can go out of town this summer and AMA Travel is there to help you out. Seattle is in Minnesota, and that is one Oilers fans are going to want to keep an eye on. The Kraken are just three points back of the Oilers with a game in hand. The Oilers need to take care of business tonight because there's honestly a decent chance Kraken can't take care of business on their own end. The Minnesota Wild are playing some good hockey right now. Just one regulation loss in their last 10 games, and they are a darn good home team as well. They're Arizona Coyotes-esque on home ice. 23-11-3 on home ice are the Minnesota Wild, or some people in our chat call them the Minnesota Mild. We had a not so mild. We had a wild fan in the chat who he was giving the Oilers shit. Now, yeah, man. he does. He pops in, watches the show, talks smack about the Oilers for five minutes, and then leaves. I respect it. Um, but anyways, I, we're rooting for the wild. We're with you wherever that wild fan is. Um, we're hoping Minnie crushes Seattle so Edmonton can expand their cushion on the Seattle Kraken and really lock into that third spot. Yeah, I guess we have to be at peace with that now, eh? Mm-hmm. These teams aren't stopping. Vegas do play Seattle twice. And LA. Let's get Vegas, that's six okay. points right Vegas could slide. Like, but like, ugh. yeah. Yeah. It's it's just a shame we took them overtime. Yeah. It's uh it's gonna come down to the wire, I think. Uh D cards, we just don't have the goaltending for shootouts. Neither of our goalies got that dog in them. I feel like we don't have the think, shootout ability yeah. for shootouts. Like, let's not forget Dry Saddle took a slap shot in the shootout. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, his give a fuck meter was at a <laughs> was all time high. Like, <laughs> like me on a Friday afternoon. Or low, sorry, I should no say. interest. Yeah, no interest. Uh, like Evander Kane in overtime. <laughs> you know who does have the that dog in him between the pipes? D cards thirty five, who is electric in our beer league game. Oh, Saturday. let's go. He's old school. He robbed a guy on a breakaway with the glove, like flash of leather. And then he just looked up, put the puck down, smacked it up ice, started the breakout. <laughs> Went rolly. I would trust him in the shootout for the Oilers uh, before Jack Campbell. Ah, I shouldn't. We shouldn't talk smack. We should have a rule: no talking shit about Jack Campbell on game days. I don't really talk. I do. shit about him. Like that rules for me. Too aggressive. <laughs> like I just, I want. I, I, I believe he can be better, and he is our backup goalie. Jack Campbell's save percentage has improved in each of his last three starts. Not like on the season, but like he got better. When you compare those three games. So he went from 714 to 842 to 875. Maybe another jump up to like 910 tonight. And the Oilers walk out of this thing with a victory. He's an important piece. I'm betting the over tonight. We'll get to our betting in just a second. But Campbell is Tough an game. important piece uh, for this. For this Tough game to bet on. Speaking of goalies, how about Ryan Fanti scoring a goal yeah. in the CHL? He Two now, weeks after he got in the he, tilt? He yeah, has, he is having a month. Apparently he has an assist as well this season and a shutout. What a year. A What's fight? a shutout? <laughs> yeah, they don't exist. Actually, you know what? Tonight we're going to shut out. All right, set it. Say it every show now. Just why not? we'll be right. Yeah. Beat's not saying it. True. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes uh, in the last month, again, 6-1-2 and two on home ice. In those games, they are averaging, the they are averaging and combined 6.89 goals. The Oilers... On the road in that span, just realized I had the wrong number pulled up in front of me. Uh, road has not been all that kind to the Oilers. Three and two in five road games so far this month, but an average of 8.6 total goals in the game. Well, that's Oilers hockey. So with that, let's get into our game day bets that for our Oilers friends at Betway. Hockey. 
Ching. I will start for our game day big bets competition. None of us won on Saturday against uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, which is a shame. Uh, but I'm going with the Oilers on the money line and over six and a half goals. I really like this spot for the reasons I just laid out. They are both averaging more than this span, both on the home and road splits in the last month. A ton of offense. Jack Campbell, even though, you know, I think there's a chance he bounces back tonight. That could still mean two or three goals against, and the Oilers heading the other way have been producing offense like crazy. As of late, I like the over six and a half combined with the Oilers' money line, paying a nice, crisp, even money. Jay, what do you like tonight? This is a tough one. So I went McDavid and Dry both to score. And, okay. you know, I, I don't feel that passionate about it. You're saying people shouldn't tell you. Ah, You're just throwing a dart. I get I get faded all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm throwing a dart. I I, I nothing. I went and searched. I, I felt good about nothing in this game because betting them on the money line is not worth it. Betting them on the puck line isn't worth it. Nope. Over over is set at seven and a half. That's a lot of goals. Granted, like that is our wheelhouse. So. Ah. Yeah, that's that's what I went with. So it'll probably hit because I'm so like not vibing it. So follow me. Liam, what do you like tonight? Oilers win, dry saddle two plus. I mean, it's not, we've spoke about it already. Well, 25. The dry two plus is a no brainer. It is turned into my McDavid two plus now because yeah. McDavid two plus isn't plus money. And yeah, it's a little bit juicier. So I do like it. Actually, follow Liam tonight, everyone. I'm going to. That juice is worth the squeeze. Tyler Mulek says, Jay thinks we're losing. Oh my God. <laughs> I know, I know. No, it's the wind isn't juicy enough. Uh, QF Pro says, where is the Gavin parlay? I want to follow. You have to follow him on Twitter for that. I'm sure he'll post it today because he was one leg away from doing it again Saturday. Oh, he went like nine for 10 on his thousand to one parlay. It was a th- <laughs> yeah, like he almost like did it again. Like it's crazy. Oh man, we'll um, get donuts again. Yeah. D card says he's riding with Jay on the McDavid and dry. Oh, respect. Thank score. you. Well, now I feel better about it. Also, Gavin pulled up an interesting stat for the Oilers taking on the Arizona Coyotes in in his last five games against the Yotes, McDavid has had four two-goal games and one one-goal game. Feels like McDavid anytime goal score is probably a lock, but if you want to chase that well, juice as juicy well, enough. chase the juice. Two goals, Jay, why not? Well, that's, hit it last time we played Arizona, didn't I? Bingo. Thank you. So maybe we'll take a stab at that as well. Maybe um, he gets three goals. But those are our game day big bets brought to you by Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, some of you asking about the starting goal tender for tonight's hockey game for the Oats. Connor Ingram did play yesterday when they hosted the Avalanche at Molot Arena. So we're getting Veljmenka. So we should get veggie. It's veggie <laughs> soup tonight. Veggie soup tonight. Carol Vanelka in his Jeez. last five starts. He's good. He's allowed 17 goals against, so goals against average just a hair north of three. He's at a 900 or better save percentage in three of his last five as well, and he has a record of two and three in that span. But this is a dude capable of stealing hockey games. He's a really good goalie. 26 years old, two point some million for the next couple of years. Man, when they eventually trade him, they're going to get a nice return. We got Jack Campbell in return. Probably not. <laughs> they probably want that cost certainty. Of Campbell? Of Campbell. Yes. Doubt it. Uh, but Vimalka looks... Uh, Vimalka? Yeah, he's a good goalie. It'll be a good test tonight. Yeah, Although so, uh, Ingram played good last time. The under, so. maybe. Maybe the under. No, it's an overnight. It's always an overnight with the Oilers. Well, now it is an undernight with a statement like that. Yeah. Uh, Rusty says, I think the triple 300 parlay hits tonight, which I think would mean Kane, Drysaddle, McDavid. I'll find the back of the net. We've been chasing that for a week now. Yeah, we have. So maybe tonight it finally hits. 
They're going to have to cut the puck into thirds. Kane might go hat trick tonight. Eh, maybe. I, mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Like, He's probably almost due, right? Actually, not quite. Or he'll do it against Vegas. Yeah. Kane had his hattie against Seattle, so it's been three games. I wouldn't start betting it yet. Two more games off, then he might be due. As we know, the numbers are like one every eight and a half games or something. For yeah, but it's time. not a perfect science. Yeah. Right? Right. It can be 20 games. It can be three games. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, I just got to bet all the time. Uh, someone asked how our boy Cass is doing in Arizona. He's played 51 games this year and has two goals, no assists. Uh, he's racked up 50 pims, five of which were a fighting major against Clem Costin. He has 25 shots on goal in that span, and he has not played since March 18th against the Chicago Blackhawks. It's not going well for our pal Cass out in Arizona, but I think he's enjoying the lifestyle. Uh, at least I like to think he is. And maybe he's just mailing it in. Almost a goal per million. Almost a goal per million. <laughs> Isn't that a damning statement? Um, players with a minimum 50 games played this year. There are, wow, there's actually four guys who have played over 50 games and haven't scored, but they're all D-men. In terms of forwards who have played north of 50 games, just Parker Kelly and Cassian, I think, are the only two who have two goals. Or Parker less, so. Kelly, good Alberta boy. He's a good Alberta He's boy. He's from Camrose. All right. There you go. He is. Yeah, he is. Because I heard some guys at the curling club talking about him last week. <laughs> That's how I know that, actually. We learn so much on this show. We do. Uh, unexpected source, man, that Cassian deal is aging horribly. Yeah, I mean, it's not aging great by any well, means. it's no longer our deal. No longer our problem. Which is great. Old Uncle Ken got out of it. Uh, Oilers and Yotes tonight. Jack Campbell against Carol Vimelka from Mullet Arena. I'm excited to watch a game from Mullet Arena. Yeah, I want to see what it looks like. It's going to be fun. I'm excited for the the tour of the rink. You know, Sportsnet's going to take something. us around. Well, it only so takes two minutes. Yeah. True, just pan the camera once. There it is. Like you're gonna like you're like it's gonna be neat. Like you're I gonna see the, the ceiling when like they do like the cross ice shots. Yeah. So oh. I wonder if they ever have issues of the puck hitting the roof. Maybe you don't really see that in the NHL. Good flight. It's been a while. Yeah. Although it does build up a little bit because like there's suites and like the press level and stuff. So it's still pretty high up there. You never know. Why no, but just looking at the photos, like I've honest, I've never looked at a picture. I would love to do a nation vacation uh, there and experience powered by MA travel, but I just don't think they ever play on a weekend because I don't think they're allowed to. Yeah, we'd fill a section. We would. We'd fill the rink <laughs> yeah. if we could. Yeah. Uh, how quickly could the Oilers clinch? Matt Iwanek has this. Uh, it would be Thursday. The Oilers would have to beat the Yotes, Golden Knights, and Kings. And the Preds, who are the new team we're basing the magic number off of, would have to lose to the Bruins and Penguins. With All least, doable. With at least one being in regulation. So, uh, yeah, the Oilers could clinch as soon as Thursday. What's our magic Matt number? Nine. Neff. Correct. We. <laughs> oui. Uh, before we wrap up the show today, I uh, wanted to give, uh, well, I mean, it's it's somber news, but uh, came across today. The Oilers super fan, Byron Isfeld, passed away at the age of Willie. 81. Uh, yeah, Willie McNelson, as uh, he was dubbed because of the bandana and the beard and the hair and all of that. Um, you saw him a ton of times on the Sportsnet broadcast after the Oilers would score cheering hard. Die hard, die hard, die hard. Oilers fan. So our little Oilers community here lost a good one and an iconic one in that with uh, Byron Isfeld passed away at the age 81. Sad one. He was a, he was a good source of energy. I remember the first time he appeared when the camera panned to him and like Twitter just took like, like bananas, took it by storm. The he was trending. Like, ah, like, who is this guy? And yeah. then all of a sudden he was just always there and now always on TV. And it just it was an awesome fixture at all the Oilers games. So, yeah. 81, good run, um, but yeah. yeah, always sad. 
Sad stuff. Uh, so we'll end the show with that. For the Edmonton Oilers, go out and get a win for Byron tonight. Enjoy the game, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow at noon Mountain Time to break it all down. 